The Beaux-Arts Photography Podcast with Alan and Natalie Brio. Let's start with the 2017 Zion Fine Art Photography Summit. What are the dates? Let's start with that. The dates are November 3rd through the 6th. For the summit? And then for the three-day field workshop, it is November 7th through the 9th. 7, 8, and 9. Seven, so eight, total, nine. it's from the 3rd to the 9th, if you want to do everything. And most people do everything, correct? Yes. It's actually six full days, and then we do orientation on Friday evening. But after that Friday evening, the summit plus a three-day field workshop, if you do everything, is six full days. Yeah, it's a very busy week. And uh, the nice thing is that if you travel from a long ways, it maximizes your time, right? Oh, it sure does. And this year we have a very exciting itinerary. It's going to be the first weekend in Zion. Usually during that time of the year, we still have the beautiful fall colors in the canyon, which will be really nice. Because it's full time. And yes. so we'll have the colors on the leaves, reds, because there's lots of maple trees in Zion. And then there is cottonwoods. And then there is uh, little oak trees they're called gamble oaks and so it's a mix of colors you know red yellow brown it's beautiful it and is. then the red canyon walls of course and the light you know and and it's not very warm weather back then because it's uh, cooling down and so it's just perfect you know it's not cold it's not warm it's it's, oh, very it's pleasant. perfect weather for photographing yeah you know then in the evenings after everyone photographs so all the uh, photography shoots are self-guided and optional that's right. So Alan will go over places to photograph sunrise and sunset in Zion National Park the very first night and show some images that he has created over the years. Yeah, the idea is to give everybody a good idea of where to go at what time and what kind of photograph we can expect so that we save time. You know, we maximize the time for everybody and uh, we give them a list of locations that we'll be going to, you know, for sunrise and sunset and then people pick and choose which one we like the best. Right, and then on Sunday afternoon, when we break for lunch, they have time to hike some of those trails, right. do some of the trails. They can go to Weeping Rock. What are some of the other, the well, Emerald Pools? Yeah, the, the Narrows. The Narrows? Oh, yeah, the Narrows. Yeah, the Higher Canyon, the Upper Canyon, you know, the, right. what we call the Zion Rim in the high country, which so is at the top of the canyon. Because that's one of the advantages of Zion. You can photograph the bottom of the canyon, or you can drive to the top and photograph what we call the high country. Exactly. Which is the top of the canyon, basically the rim. And it's very interesting. Personally, I almost prefer the top of the canyon to the bottom because you have all these interesting rock formations and shapes and patterns and all of that. Yes, and sometimes you can find pools of water for reflections. Or if there is snow and it melts. Yeah. Right. Well, right now, as of today, there was a news uh, alert on Zion that the Narrows are closed because of uh, the snow melt right now. Yeah. Well, that's because it's spring. Yes. But in the fall, it's not going to be the case. No, it won't be the The case. The best time to hike the Narrows is actually in the fall because it's past the monsoons, and so there's no danger. The water is not going to rise unexpectedly. Right. Because no, it can be very dangerous. You no know? flash floods. Absolutely not in the fall. Yeah. So that's why we organize it in the fall, you know, because it's a safe time for hiking the narrows. It's our best time for the colors in the leaves. The river is just perfect. I it mean, is. You really want to be in Zion in the fall, you know, technically. Because the spring is nice as far as the weather, but the narrows are going to be with too much water to hike. 
Oh, yeah. And when that water is cold, that's the other thing. It is. Even if cold. you manage to hike into the Narrows in the spring, you have snow melt. And so this is melted, <laughs> yes. you know, melted ice, basically. Right. And it's very, very cold. Because you have to hike in the water. There's no way to hike on the banks of the river because it's a canyon. And so it's straight down. It's a slot canyon, basically, you know, the Zion Narrows. Just a very, very tall slot canyon, very wide, probably the biggest around. You know, some people don't call it a slot canyon because it doesn't have the characteristics of something like Antelope, for example, which is very narrow. But it's basically a slot canyon. The walls are straight down into the river, and you don't have anywhere to hike except inside the water, you know, inside the river itself. Right. And so you have to be protected against the cold. And they say on wetsuits, you know, you can rent them also. But, you know, cold is cold. I mean, even with a wetsuit, if it's cold, it's going to be cold, you know. And uh, I'd rather hike in the fall, basically. Winter is not bad, but, uh, you know, of course, the weather is cold. The water is not that cold, but the weather is cold. But the best is the fall. Yes. And the Summit Hotel is the Holiday Inn Express, which now serves breakfast because before, when it was a Best Western, they didn't even have a, a breakfast there. And from what I understand, they have a very nice breakfast there, and then the conference rooms are downstairs. But even um, by the breakfast room, you have a beautiful view of just the canyon right behind uh, the hotel there. You can take great photographs from the hotel. I mean, you don't have to go anywhere because it's right uh, inside the canyon. It is. And so you can step on the back side of the hotel and photograph from the porch, and you have beautiful views of the cliffs, yeah. Yeah. And then in the evenings, on Saturday and Sunday evenings, after dinner, they're more than welcome to come into the conference rooms and work on their images from the day shoot. One-on-one. Yes. Yeah, that's every evening we do one-on-one sessions where myself and then Jeff uh, Shuey won't be there to help the participants with their work, uh, you know, on a one-on-one basis, basically. And so if they have difficulties with specific things that we don't cover during the presentations, that's a time to ask and uh, get personalized help. Or questions about a um, technique in Photoshop or Lightroom or any of that. Because right. Jeff teaches usually new features in the yeah, Lightroom. Right. It's a very complex piece of software, you know, Lightroom. Very, very complex. And when he teaches, he selects techniques and things that the participants can use mm-hmm. in their photographs right away. Right. Well, he's practically oriented. He's not going to teach you everything uh, in a theoretical manner. He's going to teach you what you can use. That's right. the whole idea. You know, yeah. Then following the three-day summit is a three-day field workshop. So then we'll spend uh, a day at Bryce Canyon. We'll stay at Ruby's Inn. The next day we'll drive through the Escalante Grand Staircase and up Boulder Mountain and spend the night in Torrey. And then the last day we'll explore Capitol Reef. Yeah, and sometimes we go as far as Factory Butte for the last sunrise. Yes, Um, if they want to join us. Yeah, one time we even went to Goblin State Park, but that's a long drive. That is a little far. Factory Butte is... Is more manageable. It is. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people have all these things on their bucket list. You know, they want to see Zion, they want to see Bryce Canyon, they want to see the Escalante Grand Staircase, Capitol Reef, you know. And that's the ideal opportunity to do it all. It is. In one trip, you know. So it's a lot of time, you know, in a sense, but you really maximize the use of that time. Instead of having to do two, three or four different trips, you're doing one and you see it all, you know. Right. And And then that time of the year... 
Bryce Canyon, we may have a little dusting of snow. The right. first snows may start coming through, so yeah. it, it'll be cold for sunrise. And not many people, because it's the beginning, uh, you know, the end of the fall, the beginning of winter, and uh, a lot of people are done with their vacation. And so Capitol Reef in particular, we usually don't see hardly anybody. No, and sometimes yeah. we still have the fall colors it back in, when we drop down into Capitol Reef again. Sometimes. Yeah, in the campground. I remember in, in the campground with the leaves blowing. All the, the cottonwood trees. Yeah. It's very nice. It's a very peaceful place, uh, Capitol Reef, you know. And uh, it's always been the least visited of the U.S. national parks because it's so remote and it still is. You know, mm-hmm. Even though there's more people going to the southwest now, they still don't quite make it to Capitol Reef, you know, no matter how much we'd like to, because it's remote, you know. Right. And uh, I think a lot of time people just skip it because uh, it's out of the way. You have to make it a destination and... Uh, but in terms of photography, it's really way up there. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the superintendent is very happy when we come there and photograph. There's yeah, not, I don't think there's that many photographers that actually right. go there that photograph or yeah, give workshops yeah. there. Yeah. So he's always right. happy when we come to photograph. Yeah, yeah and, and I think now that you know so many people do photography, you really want to look for these kind of places where less people go because that's where you're going to have photograph that few people have. Right. right. So there's really a value. And uh, of course, you know, the other value is to create photographs that are different because of the way you process them, the way you compose them, you know, because of your personal style. And that's what we teach during the summit. I usually teach the artistic aspects and Jeff teaches the technical aspects. And one of the artistic aspects is really the development of personal style, you know. Right. We have a lot of experience helping people with that. and. Uh, giving them, you know, very simple pointers that can help them uh, stay away from what everybody does, right? Right. And even during the field workshop, when we're at Bryce Canyon, if some of them want to go down the trail, they can go down the trail as far as they want. And we just tell them, you know, the rest of us are going to continue on the overlooks. And the same in Capitol Reef. There's another little area where, Mm -hmm. you know, we hike in a little canyon for maybe an hour or more. Well, it's important to give everybody uh, personal time you know, so that we can be by themselves to right. do their, their photography, their work, and uh, not be constantly monitored, you know, and, and somebody looking over their shoulder and all of that. It's really important to have both aspects of the teaching process, you know, where you, you teach people, you know, through a classroom presentation, but then in the field, you let them do their thing, you know, right. you let them free to wander around and photograph the way they want to photograph. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And then just catch up with us later. Right. Yeah, you can only do so much, you know, after that people have to be on their own and uh, see how this goes. And if you have questions, come and see us, but we can't just be looking over their shoulder every step of the way because I think it gets annoying, you know. Oh, I agree. And people really enjoy that, you know, they enjoy the freedom, they enjoy the fact that if they want to stay longer, they can, and they just have to catch up with us later on. Right. You know, whatever works. I mean, it's, it, you know, the, the whole idea is to learn, not to, you know, be supervised now. Uh, you know, enjoy their freedom. Well, after the three-day summit, those that follow us for the three-day field workshop, they just really have a blast. There's a lot of camaraderie, and Jeff goes with us and shoots. It's the happy time. It is. Because uh, after spending four days in the classroom, you really appreciate being out there in the landscape. All day. Uh, you know, all day. <laughs> you know, brave the fresh air. And, picnic. And picnic and <laughs> enjoy the outdoors, you know, and, and photograph, you know. Right. And I think that you enjoy it more than if you started with that directly. 
Oh, I, I agree. And we don't yeah. spend four straight days in a classroom. We do presentations, you know, in the afternoon, and then we do sunrise and sunset outside in the field. But it's still a lot of hours in the classroom, you know, learning, taking notes. And it's very, let's say, assiduous. That is, you have to pay attention, right? You have right. to take notes, you have to pay attention, you have to listen. So it's really a study process. And then during the film workshop, it's more of a creative process where you're free to do whatever you want and, and relax and enjoy yourself and sort of break free from being indoors, right? Right. And yeah. even though those teaching sessions are usually one hour long, one hour and 15 minutes at the longest, they're very intense and right. you're learning a lot of information in a very short amount of time. So it's pretty, you know, yeah. you're very focused and... And that's what I've always liked about doing the summit, the field sessions, after the classroom sessions, and that is it balances things out. You know, you get both the classroom environment learning process, and then you get to go in the field and do field photography. Right. And it really balances out the two, you know. I think so. And I think that if you do only half of it, in a sense, you miss out on that balance suspect. Hardly anybody does just the field workshops. People want to do the submit and then the film workshop afterwards or just do the submit alone. But those that do only the submit, I think, miss out on the balance aspect of the whole process because they get to get the classroom environment learning process, but then they don't have the fun of going into the film for three days and uh, just exploring. Right, and doing what was yeah. taught. Because that's the whole idea is to apply what you learn during the four day of classroom presentations. Right. It's to give you a chance to go out and use it on your own, you know, without supervision. Right. See how it works, right? And then work on a style, work on a personal style, which you can't do as you're learning processing and Photoshop and all of that, you know. You can only do so much at once, right? Right. A lot of people want to do everything at the same time, but it doesn't work that way. You've got to do one thing at a time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and uh, it does take a little bit longer, but the results are far, far better. Oh, you know? definitely. Yeah. We, we misunderstand how much there is to learn, you know. Right. I mean... Uh, it's, it's easy to overlook that. You know, I know how to use my camera. Okay, that's good. I know how to drive a car. Right? That doesn't mean I'm a race car driver. Right, right exactly. <laughs> Knowing how to use your camera doesn't mean that you're an artist at all. You know, it means you have the potential and you have to go in that direction and see the, whether it works or not. So you mentioned uh, about doing something for the very first time this year for the summit, and that is doing a uh, summit print or a fine art print. Yeah, is that I've something been, that you're still thinking about doing and offering this year? Yeah, I want to have everybody that comes to the summit receive a free print, which we'll call the print of the summit, which will be the image that I have as the advertising for the summit. It's a vertical photograph of Zion with the Virgin River, and uh, we'll give a print to everybody that attends the summit. Whether you have registered previously or whether you're going to register now, We'll probably put a limit date. Right. That is, we'll we'll probably say, you know, it will end by that date, and that won't be on the website. But until that date, if you sign up before that date, then you'll get a free print signed and uh, limited edition in the sense that we'll make only as many as there are participants by the cutoff date. Right. And, and so I'll be matting those and you'll be signing them? Yeah, they'll be matted, just like any of my prints, and they'll be signed. Right. No difference with the way I sell my prints, except that it won't be free for submit participants. Yeah. And that's the first time we do that. And the idea behind doing that is that I've been doing a number of prints as a limited edition for a specific event. You know, the print of the month, which is every month, the print of the season, which is every year. 
and then now the print of the summit. And we'll also have a print for the rendezvous, you know, which is the alumni limited uh, access workshop, you know, limited to people that have taken a workshop with us before. We call it the rendezvous. And for the rendezvous, I'll have a rendezvous print. Okay. Right, but everybody attending. Everybody also. else will have a print because we won't be exchanging, so they'll have whatever print they want. But my print won't be called a rendezvous print, and so right. it won't be one of these special edition prints that you can only get if you participate in these events. You know, right? And obviously, the print of the month, the print of the season, you can buy it. The print of the month is an open edition, so anybody can buy it. The print of the season, there is only so many. This year, there was fifteen, so only fifteen people can get it. But we can buy it if they are fast enough. And then now the print of the summit and the rendezvous print, those are not for sale. They're only accessible, they're only available if you sign up for these events. Right. So it makes them not just collectible, but hard to get. Yes. Also, because you can't buy it on the internet. There's no such thing as buying that print. If somebody calls and says, I want to buy it, well, I mean, you know, you have to sign up for the summit. You know, that's, right. how, it, that's how you buy it. <laughs> you know? Well, I know when you announced the rendezvous and that one of the uh, requirements was that everybody had to bring a print for everybody in that was attending, Right. they were excited. Some of them, they're already starting to think about an image that they're going to create or trying to think of, you know, well, what am I going to give that's representative of my work? You know, is it covered bridges? Is it a an abstract, you know, an intimate landscape. They're getting very, very excited. It's really, um, and some of them, they uh, have branched out of photography. So I'm interested to see if they're going to give, like do a watercolor and then have some prints made on watercolor paper or something to give. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm interested in seeing. Well, it can be anything they want. I mean, we are not limiting it to landscapes for one. So that if their specialty is something else, let's say architecture or animals or abstracts, covered bridges, I mean, whatever subject that might be, it's okay to bring that print. We are not limiting it to landscapes. No, because I had that question. Is it limited to landscapes, Mm -hmm. landscape photographs? I said, absolutely not. You can give whatever print that you're really proud of, you know, to give to everybody. Well, yeah, you want to print you're proud of, uh, and you want to print that sort of represents what you do, I think. Right, it's important. exactly. You know, I mean, if I, if I gave a, a print of an animal, I don't think it would be representative of what I do because I never photograph animals. Right. You know? So it, it's really important. But the whole idea behind the print exchange, which is what we call it, is that you step up to the plate and you say, you know, I'm not just a student, I'm now a practitioner of the craft. I produce my own prints and here is one of them. Right. You know, this is a print that I made myself, that I signed. They can mad it or not, that's up to them. We're yes. not controlling that. I'll, we all mat minds, but we don't have to mat theirs unless we want to. But you know, it's uh, always the same. The higher quality the presentation, the more value will be attached to the print. You know, right. there is a reason why people mat their prints, and that is to protect them. Right? You know, if you don't have a mat, the print is exposed to anything that can happen to it, including ripping off the edge or just folding it, bending it, staining it. I mean, you name it. You know, scratching it. Blah blah blah. Right. So they are responsible, in a sense, for the future of their own work. Right. (laughs) No, but but that's what it is, right? It is. You know, because I think that a lot of students are like, you know, when we do a print review on a beginning workshop, you know, let's say Antelope Canyon, for example, or Navajo Land, which are workshops that people take as their first workshop, usually, they very often tell us, I made prints for you because you asked me to. You know, I went to Costco and I had prints made. And it's almost like they are expecting me to say thank you 
they don't realize that it is their responsibility. That's their job, right? That's the activity of being a fine art photographer. You take photographs and you make prints. Right. It's not a favor that you're doing to the instructor to make a print. It's actually a desire that you should have mm -hmm. to create a fine art print so that you can either put it on your wall or give it to somebody or sell it, whatever the case might be. Right, know. and the nice thing about the rendezvous is that we're not having a print review because no. they're going to have right. the opportunity to talk about their work and what they're doing. And well, it's an advanced workshop, which is open only to people that have come before to workshops. Most of them multiple workshops, but one would be enough, but most of them multiple workshops. And the whole idea is that I'm not reviewing their work. They are presenting their work. Exactly. It's the other way around. So they get to practice talking about their work and what they're doing and what maybe what their goals are. and. Yeah, and also that they are stepping up to the plate and saying, I'm not a student, I'm a practitioner. Right. Because I think that very often when people say I'm a student, well, that can be a good thing, but it can also be a way to step out and say, listen, I'm just here to learn, tell me what to do and I'll do it. But that's not how you become an artist. Right. You can't be told what to do. You know, people say, help me with my personal style. Well, I can give you tips, but I can't tell you what your style is because I'm not you. You know, and like I said, you know, making a print should not be an act of favor towards the instructor. It should be a personal desire to make a print because that's the end product of a fine artist. And people think, well, I don't make prints because I don't sell my work. Well, you know, there's multiple reasons to make prints besides selling your work. Right. How about putting it on your walls? I mean, you know, you've you got to have a print, right? How about giving it to somebody as a gift? How about leaving a legacy behind? You know, because if you think that their children and grandchildren are going to dig through their hard drives to find out their work, try again. It's never going to happen. Right. Any hard drive that's contemporary today, that's current today, won't be outdated in two years, and if not in two years, definitely in five or ten years. And nobody will ever try to connect it to a computer ever again. Just like nobody is ever going to try to connect a floppy disk with photos on it, you know. And so if you don't make prints, your work won't disappear. Right. It won't be inaccessible to everybody. It'll be lost. It won't be lost, yeah. yeah. You know, if you die and you don't have prints, your work will die with you. That's the sad truth. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's just a fact. Right. And so you have to make friends. And people that say, I, I don't make friends because I don't sell my work. Yeah, well, you know, what's going to happen to your work after you're gone, right? Because if you don't have friends, I tell you what's going to happen. Your hard drive will end up in a storage locker and be sold at Goodwill, <laughs> you know, if you're fortunate, right? Eventually, unless things are printed, there's not going to be anybody to look at them. Look at websites. I mean, when a photographer passes away, their website lasts us a few years, and then somebody decides that, you know what, we don't want to pay the website monthly fee anymore, and off it goes. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's the end of it. And everything gets erased, and, and it's gone forever. Right. You know? I mean, eventually, it's, it's very interesting that we work with some of the highest technology in the world when we create digital photographs, whether it's the cameras, the printers, you know, if you scan the scanners, the software, the computers, you know, you name it. But at the end of the day, it's the simplest form of reproduction that eventually will last the longest, and that's a print. Right. Ink on paper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we teach during the Fine Art Summit. We teach right. people how to print. And that's what we encourage, you know, and that is to make prints. You know, it's, it's really a, an important aspect, a very important aspect of what we do, but one that a lot of people are not really paying attention to. You know, they take millions of photographs, but they don't print any, <laughs> you know.
We put them on the iPad, we put it on the iPad, we put it on their phone, we have websites, we have blogs, we have Pinterest, we have uh, Facebook. Facebook, we have um, Instagram, but they don't have prints, <laughs> you know. And it's really interesting because at the end of the day, what's going to be left? The print. So come to the Fine Art Summit and learn to make prints. Yes, <laughs> That's the definitely. Message, you know? <laughs> make a print. You know, it's like three words. Make a print, right? <laughs> yeah. Whether it's uh, on the Fine Art Summit or on the Alumni Rendezvous, you know, uh, where you have to bring a print. The Alumni Rendezvous, we don't beat around the bush. You have to bring a print. If you don't have a print... For the number of participants yeah, right. that are coming. Yeah, if you don't have right. a print, we'll still let you in. You know, if you're signed up, we're not going to kick you out. But you're not going to get any prints from anybody. Right. That's the deal. That is, you have to exchange. One print for one print. So if you have 12 people, you have to have 12 prints, one for everybody. And you get one print from everyone, and everyone gets a print from you. And if you have no prints, you get no prints from anybody. That's the deal. <laughs> you know... <laughs> It's pretty simple. You know? Well, and you talked about that this is a, a great way to start a photography collection if you haven't already as well, the rendezvous. Absolutely. I mean, you know, whatever print I give will be the value that it sells on my website, which right. is pretty much the cost of the seminar, <laughs> you know, <laughs> depending on the size, but it could be, you know, pretty much the cost of the seminar. And so that's a definite advantage in coming to these events. Same with the summit, you know, the print of the summit is going to be worth a large part of the cost of the seminar. And, you know, if you are interested in maximizing the value of your investment, that's definitely the summit to attend. We have not done it before. Never. And we may not do it again after. You know, this is just for 2017. We may do it again in 2018, but I really have no idea. And right now, that's not the plan. It's just for one year. Exactly. It's a very, very unique offer and one that definitely you don't want to pass if you plan to attend. That's definitely a very good reason to attend. So is there anything else you want to add about the summit or the alumni rendezvous? No, other than uh, we hope you can join us because this is a very fun event. and uh... I think that more than any of the events that we offer, the summit is really where people communicate the most. They do. It's really a sort of networking event. Mm-hmm. Not only do people meet friends, they also see friends that they met before. Yes. And they make new friends. They do. And they network. And, you know, there's an enormous amount of sharing that's not possible on field workshops because on field workshops, we're very busy going from one place to another, shooting, moving back and forth. During the summit, we're in one place for four days and we're not moving. And so there's a lot of time that people can spend socializing, you know, making friends, talking, sharing. Carpooling, uh, carpooling, eating uh, meals together. Looking at different gear, different software. Oh, exactly. They share everything. There's a lot of learning from each other, you know. Not just from us, but from each other. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. And we have students that come to the summit and nowhere else. Because that's the event that really works for them. Oh, they love the format. Yeah. Yeah. They like the format, like you said, yeah. So join us. That's yes. the short version of this <laughs> whole presentation. We are now at about half an hour here. And uh, the short version is join us for the 2017 Fine Art Summit in Zion National Park. And again, since your logistics, the dates are... <laughs> November 3rd through 6th for the summit itself. And then the field workshop 7, 8, and 9. And all the information is on the link attached to this podcast and if the link is not there it's uh, beautiful-landscape.com 
as it spells beautiful dash landscape.com or Alan Brio, A L A I N B R I O T.com. And you can find the registration page and see all the details about these contents of that event on my website and, of course, register from there. So thank you for listening. and uh, We look forward to seeing you. Again, at the summit and on another podcast.